there. My name is Jerome Mudskip, and I would like to welcome you to the first of many annual readings of overdramatic and overinflicted poetry. Our first contestant up today goes only by the name of Barney Crackers, and his reading here will not only bring you to your knees, but it will make you empty your guts in utter disbelief. Let us welcome him to the stage, and following that, there will be refreshments, snacks, and a lovely cantrip in which the boys talk about a whole bunch of ridiculous shit, as one would say. Rooney, you're up to bat, my lad. Hey there, thanks for having me, buddy. This is Barney Crackers here, and boy do I have a treat for you fellas. I'm going to read what is undoubtedly the greatest poem of all time. We're talking, of course, about the only one, the one, the big one, Ozymandias by Percy Bryce Shelley. <laughs> now you'll have to excuse me, I'm not used to public speaking, so if I may just... <clears throat> there we are. Now let us begin. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive. Stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that marked them, and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare. The lone and level sands stretch far away. Far away. Talking about uh, Final Fantasy earlier, Final um, Fellatio. and the, uh, <laughs> the the Pixel remasters. Um, yeah, I, I I'm really excited to like play these games because it's been <laughs> so fucking yeah, long since I played them, <laughs> and I just don't remember <laughs> most of the stuff. Like what I, the one thing I remember about Final Fantasy three is in the original there was a dungeon that you uh, I think it was in three 
that you could not get through unless everyone was a, I think a Dark Knight. You can you can get through it, but I yeah. know which dungeon you're talking. But it's like yeah. extremely difficult. Yeah, because to, all the know. monsters like regenerate do, HP. Do you mean in the original three that the US didn't get? Or? Yes. Yeah, the one that they remade for yeah. like, the DS. The DS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember there's a dungeon early in that one where you need to. Shrink. The, yeah, yeah, Mini. the shrinking one. Yeah. And if you don't have someone dedicated to the doing magic. it and bringing you out of it, you're fucker. Yep. No, you like you literally cannot beat that rat unless you have like made. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Rat. yeah. And it's funny how like different because I I I'm more familiar with like newer Final Fantasy games like 15, uh, 14, 15, 16, 7, 10, 8, Those ones. Um, Same. I, I yeah. But like the uh, the S- SNES and the NES games, it's so funny seeing the like design choices mm-hmm. of those early games. Oh yeah, uh, I love them. Like exploring, and and I think they needed to be made because they explored what you can do with an RPG. Yeah, and what you shouldn't do in an RPG. Right, like locking uh, the ability to beat dungeons behind it. You have to have a very specific setup. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, like that's that that's definitely a dated sort of aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um in that one. The original game didn't have that because you choose your classes and that's it. It's yeah. done. Uh but I I grew up so my, my dad played Final Fantasy 1 on the NES all the time and I would too. And the furthest that I made it when I was really young without his help like without him playing it with me mm-hmm. was when you get the airship and you you do the the class change yeah and we were talking earlier about how the first game uh the original release has a numerous uh <laughs> coding errors and it's problems. got more bugs than an anthill right put it right that way. You know, intelligence <laughs> doesn't do anything and if you are um if you oh, fuck, what am I gonna say? Oh, uh, your class changes in some of them actually hurt you. Yeah, like like the black belt goes backwards because what whatever he upgrades into was programmed what he should have been. Uh huh. Right. So and like the red mage is just as good as the other two because intelligence doesn't <laughs> matter and it's like so uh-huh. many things. But uh, you know we know that now and as as a kid. I loved it because my other alternative also on the NES was Ultima 3 and 4, which uh, came out around the same time and are RPGs of the day, but they're not JRPGs. And it's yeah. it's kind of cool seeing that, like, original split, right? Where, like, you know, JRPGs go on to be super huge and, like, what Final Fantasy does becomes the norm. Um, and then... If I were to go back and play the old Ultimas now, they're a little more familiar to what kind of like Baldur's Gate in the later 90s was doing and games like Dragon Age and stuff. So yeah, it, it's yeah, cool, yeah. you know, going back and seeing that sort of split. I love the first Final Fantasy. Yeah. I, I love uh, specifically how like JRPGs and Western RPGs are a separate genre. Yes. Specifically, because I feel a lot of JRPGs focus on one specific... um, Like, they focus on the story of the characters and the world they're in, whereas a lot of Western RPGs are you exploring the world as a character, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. More focused yeah. on, like, the leveling experience than an actual story. Is yeah. That, yeah is, that, like, is that what you're trying to say? Like, So let's look at Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 you play as Cloud and the gang 
and the story is all about uh you know taking down shinra and you focus on going after them and the stuff with sephiroth happens and then this, uh the story shifts focus onto taking out sephiroth mm-hmm. um whereas you look at like something like uh you want to go from the tame time period go with um elder the second elder scrolls go with daggerfall yeah yeah that's that's what i was about to say with with elder scrolls it's more about like the exploration of the world and dungeon diving and running into weird like you know monsters and and spells and magic i mean obviously like earlier jrpgs like the first couple final fantasy is very fantasy based right uh but the the shift that the genre has taken with a JRPG versus a Western RPG, it's just really interesting to see. Oh, absolutely! Uh, the differences that they, you know, that they take. You know? Totally. Yeah. 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 Heck yeah! Absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, it's funny because uh, oh. Seven's like one of the only ones I never played. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I played a little bit of it, and I honestly it never really gripped me. Um, but I, I didn't give it enough time because I didn't really like any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Thought Cloud was a little edge lord, and I just yeah, was like, yeah. yeah. And, and he's supposed to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the the remakes that uh, are coming out right now focus a lot more on that. Uh, where <laughs> in the original games, it's like Cloud's just kind of a, a shitty asshole um, for most of the game. Then he gets a little bit better, but in the, in the remakes, he's characterized more as like. Like a kid trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> like there's 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 a scene um, in the the Final Fantasy VII remake where the the reactor they're in is is falling apart and they're trying to run run out of there and uh, Cloud kind of like lags behind a little bit and the pipe they're running across starts to fall and the section in front of him falls out so he does this really cool jump across the gap and one of the other characters is like wow that was cool and his facial expression is just like this like him trying not to be like yeah it was <laughs> he looks <laughs> he's like trying to hide like a little grin it, yeah. it's you know it's it's funny it's cute seeing it uh that way it's like oh no he's just trying to seem like he's like this hard ass edge lord kind of guy yeah yeah he's not. I, that's how i always took it in, like i don't know my favorite in the series will always be 10 oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's save the 10 discussion because yeah. i got a lot we'll get we'll get back to that but um we we all have uh our experience with the 10 and, as and, we all should oh yeah. yeah if you haven't played final fantasy 10 uh, go away go go play it it's great <laughs> it's a good game uh what one, one of the best rpgs you'll ever play oh yeah oh, um yeah. Alrighty, hi guys, this is Nate, and uh, I'm here sharing with y'all my five favorite video games. Uh, and I actually did rank these um, in a matter of about two seconds, so I may change my mind in the future. Uh, but at number five, um, we actually have a new game, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, it has been one of the best games I've played in a very, 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 very long time. I have not been able to sink as much time into any other game <laughs> that I've been able to sink into Baldur's Gate. Um, but it has finally started to hit that plateau. I don't know how much more I can keep plugging away on that. I got like two more achievements to get. Uh, but highly recommend it if you haven't. Not a lot of people's game, though. I will say that straight out the gates. Um, okay, and then coming in at number four, um, we actually have Persona 5. So the the rule for this was if, if the game was part of a series, we had to split it up and, and pick which game of the, the series is our favorite. 
Um, and it's funny because Persona 5 was the first one in the series that I played. Um, so going back, it's still my favorite. Um, that, I guess, leads us to number three. And this this one was a really hard one for me. Um, I, I kind of wanted it to be higher up the list, but it just, it just isn't there. And that's Pokemon Gold slash Silver. Pokemon's like a staple of my life. That was the first game that I ever played on my Game Boy. Basically taught me reading comprehension and words that I would not have learned in school, probably. Um, so I, I credit a lot to that um, that game. It really got me into gaming as a whole, but just RPGs in general. Um, so it always have a special place in my heart, and I will still continue to buy every game they come out with, even if they suck. Um, which leads us to number two. Um... I have to give this one to Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. This was a hard game because as a kid, like, I, I didn't know how to play this game. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. So I didn't fully beat this game until I was, like, probably 14 or 15. Um, was, like, my first time ever actually beating the game, and I think it was the Master Quest version on my GameCube. Um, but, yeah, that that is, I, I mean, it defined a generation of gaming. Um, yeah, so that, that leads us to number one. And this one was also really hard, um, but also not hard. Um, because it's Mass Effect 2, and that is arguably the best best one in the series. But Mass Effect is probably, if I had to rank it, my favorite series of all time from start to finish. Um, hopefully 4 is good, but as far as I'm concerned, the series is over. I, you know what? And Andromeda had its faults, but there was a game there. It was playable. I like the, the power swap on the fly, stuff like that. It just was, it was dead other than that. Like, the combat was cool, but... Um, but yeah, Mass Effect 2, uh, start to finish, it gives you a mission, and by God, does it deliver... And you can fuck up. So that's the cool part. I, I remember my first time actually beating that game. My shepherd died. We did not make it out. Um, and then I had to redo it. <laughs> so, so, yes. Uh, I don't I don't remember his name. Um, what I don't remember what his name was. But uh, it, it, I know it was comical. Uh, damn. Yeah, what I named my shepherd. I, I know it was comical at that time. But, yeah, he didn't make it. So it didn't matter. His story ended there. He didn't get to go to three. <laughs> He never made it to Texas. Texas. I, I was I was an N, team N sixty four kiddo, so oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I answered Final Fantasy seven with Ocarina of Time. Mm. But my my cousins had the place. Well, one of my cousins had the PlayStation as well, and. He probably had seven. I'm not sure, but he did have eight and nine. Oh and yeah, yeah. So I, I would go over there, you know, during the summertime or random times throughout the day, and I'd hang with Nate, and we we'd do different things. But I played eight and nine down there. Um, nine, I was very ambivalent towards, and I still kind of am. Nine's and okay. I, uh, it felt like a step back. Yeah, and I was gonna say chippy from, from seven it's, to, to nine. it's a little more childish, and yeah. I think that's because you know the, the, these dark, dark atmospheres of seven right. and, and eight, and then to go back to this like bright, cheery fantasy yeah. setting for nine. Yeah, it's what like, I was gonna say nice with game. it is like I, I I have no problem with the the game's like story because the story's actually uh, pretty good. Oh and, yeah, like, the characters yeah. are really good. Just it, it didn't it didn't grab the me art at the time. style. Eight I really really liked, and what what I liked about it was the, the, 
Huh? Laguna. Oh, no, the fucking seconds. <laughs> uh, the, the fucking card game. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it was great. And it's like, you know, playing what, triple it triad? now. Or is that the Final Fantasy XIV one? No, that, 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 that's... Oh, they, they, yeah. they bring yeah. it into Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, playing it now, I find it funny that, like, you can beat the game at level one because it auto, you know, it, it, it caps the monsters to where you are. So, like, eh. You know, a lot of games have done that. Heck, to go back to your Western RPG, RPG thing, um, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Four, yeah. did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where like, and and Skyrim to an extent, uh, hard level caps on like, okay, if you fight in Oblivion a random wolf at level thirty, that wolf is bumped up to be a threat to you at that level mm-hmm. and like on the one hand it's like cool everything's always dangerous on the other hand I'm like, like eh. oh everything's yeah. always the it, same yeah if you put yeah. that across the board it's like eh. I, I have my own thoughts on the Elder Scroll series post Morrowind but that's for another I want to, time uh, I want to piggyback off that thought real quick with the Fallout games specifically Fallout New Vegas where it does the opposite where if you don't go the intended way you get your ass handed to you oh by the Casador Yes. <laughs> oh, you tried to take a shortcut to New Vegas? Die. Yeah. It's so good. Morrowind did the same that. thing. It's like, oh, you don't wanna you don't wanna take the silt strider, you wanna walk all the way to uh Balmora? Well look at this little cave. Go on in Greater Demon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In, in general, I'm I'm more of a fan of not like adjusting the things to your level. I kinda like Mm-hmm. Sp- like if you're taking an open world game, I like there being an area where like, oh shit, I'm I'm not ready for yeah. this oh, area yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Well, it, it helps with the feeling of progression. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, right. Every, if everything's the same level as you throughout the whole game, you might as well just never level up. Yeah. Right. right. But I hate Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not a, not a Fallout guy. Nope. Well, now yeah, that, that's uh, fair. No, no, that's yep. that's fine. I I prefer the the fantasy setting. Like a post apocalyptic just looks like shit the whole way through. <laughs> I'm looking at a fucking dead wasteland. There's uh-huh. nothing. Like I hate it. Uh, the environments. I'd love walking through the world of Fallout Four as compared to Three or New Vegas. Yeah, I think the first one I played was Three. Like Fallout. 3. Oh yeah, Fallout Three has this weird Suck. green filter over everything that just makes the whole world look ugly. Yeah. 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 And, like I, would, I understand if the whole world is nuked it would look ugly but like yeah. i don't want to play in that yeah yeah i I'm, I'm iffy on fallout like i so i played the first one i played was two and i actually got it from a rite aid insert town <laughs> where i'm from yeah yeah that that it's a walgreens now Nate. yeah you oh know i know exactly what you're talking about i got a few <laughs> games from there i love i also got my copy of the princess bride on vhs i didn't, there. Oh, I didn't know they movie. sold video games so though. they would sell bargain bin games oh okay, okay. instead yeah, of yeah. a full jewel case it came in like the cardboard sleeve. oh yeah and usually yeah. it was like oh look detective games yeah. or mystery uh-huh. games. i there was one time i went with my uh my sister and i came out of there with one, one game that ended up being like one of my favorite games actually in terms of RTS it's still one of my favorites and that's uh, Lords of Magic okay so Lords of Magic great concept uh, if you've ever heard of the old series Heroes of Might and Magic oh it's okay. related to that it, yeah it's a it's okay. a spin off of that but so it, it combined combat that like you could I, I, I'll just call it like old school Baldur's Gate combat like mm-hmm. you can pause it do the things and it's all oh, so more like Dragon Age then, yeah, yes, okay, yes okay okay but yeah, yeah. When you weren't in combat, it was a real-time strategy game. 
So like oh. much like Age of Empires, but it's all fantasy based. So yeah. In the, in the world of this game, there are eight different faiths that dominate the world, and it's like fire, earth, life, death, uh, air. Tits and ass. Yeah, yeah, tit, yeah <laughs> big beans and uh, yeah. chocolate bars. And as you build your armies, when you would get into a battle, it would shift to a battlefield map based on where you're at, and then it, it, it plays, like you had said, with like Baldur's Gate or the original Dragon yeah, Age okay. with your units. So instead of... Cool. Yeah, yeah, instead of like... You know, here's you controlling a thousand spear throwers or whatever you have. They're represented by like one guy. Yeah. His health is how cumulative many of power. Yeah. 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 So uh, I got that cool. there. I got Fallout 2 there, which at the time I wasn't too keen on. And then a little bit later I liked it. Yeah. Um, Fallout 2 is a- And another game <laughs> called, which is a great game, it's an anime first person shooter slash mech game came out the same year as Half-Life and uh, I remember it being the most violent game I'd ever played at the time called Shogo Mobile Armor Division. It's phenomenal. It was made by Monolith. They later went on to make Fear. Um, uh-huh. If you remember Fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And but so... Shogo. Shogo, yeah. Mobile and so the on-foot levels oh, were your pretty standard like first-person shooter but it had ridiculously over-the-top violence and then the mech levels oh still, this looks rad yeah the <laughs> mech, looks sweet the this mech levels cool played shit. the same way but you had like mech abilities and like laser blades and like so you could have like your super violent gundam fantasy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you get down on the ground and it's a it's so like i remember loving that game i remember like titanfall first, before titanfall yeah, yeah yeah it was the first game i had ever played where you could openly kill children Oh. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> cool. uh, yeah. So I remember being like, "Oh, that's shocking." But I digress. So th- that that was when I first played Fallout Two, and then when Three came out, I I liked it, and that's kind of where it stopped. <laughs> New Vegas was the same. I liked it, and every time I've played Four, I've been like, "This is it. This is the time this, where like yep. I it grabs me." Never do- never does. We have now <laughs> we have reached, reached the point Nirvana. in our program for a nice little aperitif. <laughs> We're going to play a game that has taken the world by storm. By storm, I say. By God. And it is Shakespeare or Taylor Swift. The objective is simple, fellows. I shall read to ye a quote. And then I shall look at ye with all of the indignance that I can muster, and you shall guess whether it is Shakespeare or Taylor Swift. Art thou prepared? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We're going to start off easy. So do me a favor, write yourself a little tally mark. If you get three correct in a row, Give yourself an extra tally. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do you miss the rogue who coaxed you into paradise and left you there? Shakespeare. I I think I'm going to go Shakespeare, too, on that one. You are both... Incorrect. What? What is Taylor Swift doing saying rogue? As said by Taylor Swift. T Swift. From Coney Island. Uh, It's on an album where she's wearing a flannel. 
that's like evermore folklore so i don't know okay. uh sure yeah yeah next i'm not a swifty by the way i just want to I, I respect it there. but yeah yeah i like your music i just don't listen to it yeah, <laughs> i like some of your music yeah. past the curses and cries beyond the terror in the nightfall oh that's shakespeare that's gotta be shakespeare right right Incorrect. Fucking hell, dude, this game is hard. <laughs> that is Taylor indeed. Swift. You are a Taylor lyrical Swift genius. Off of her hit song "Happiness." Maybe I'm missing same something album. in my life. Well, here's what I'm gathering as somebody who is adjacent to the whole Swift mania, because my wife is indeed a Swifty. I've gathered that the albums "Folklore" and "Evermore" are phenomenal. And they are also the least poppy thing she's done. They came uh-huh. out during uh-huh. pandemic, and okay. they are very much folk albums. Okay. And they are quite good. Maybe I'll listen to those. Yeah. Did I close my fist around something delicate? Did I shatter you? I'm going Shakespeare because one's got to give right now. Like, yeah, I got to agree. You I know, think, I, I can't go Taylor Swift and then have it be Shakespeare and just be mad at myself. That sounds like a monologue from a Shakespeare. Are uh, you sure? That's my final answer. Yeah, you're again. not going to trick me, Roger. I won't believe your lies. I can see through the truth. <laughs> Incorrect. Fuck! <laughs> you know, I'm just going to keep guessing Shakespeare until I'm right. Like, they, you know? Oh, that is also from the song Coney Island, also from either Folklore or Evermore. Good for her, dude. That's like... Yes. I think I might need to listen to some Team Swift Yeah, like, what is going on in these yeah. albums? <laughs> now mine eyes leak acid rain on the pillow where you used to lay your head. <laughs> oh, now that second part got me guessing. Like This is Shakespeare. It's got to be. It's got to be, right? <gasps> Incorrect. Right, damn it. I, I was, I was going to change right there, but then he started. <laughs> that is also Oh, I should know Shakespeare. Shakespeare Pillows say weren't, pillow. Pillows that, weren't invented that was yet. That giveaway. <laughs> Staring out an open window, catching my death. Shakespeare. <laughs> I gotta go Shakespeare. We what? gotta be right eventually. Right? Eventually, we gotta be right. But I, before you give the answer, I am gonna say T Swift. Okay. I'm gonna switch it up. Biggs, you are correct. Oh, <laughs> yes! Yeah. I don't know if I picked the wrong version, but so far they've all been. They've all T-Swift. been. This, I, 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 this, this can't be right. Like, this. No, this is from the song Evermore. All right, here, I I reloaded a different one. Okay, okay, here we go. Okay, Uh, let's go. Is love a tender thing? Is it too rough, too rude? I'm gonna say Shakespeare. I also still want to go Shakespeare, but I have no faith in the man now. (laughs) (laughs) You are both... All right, hey. fucking finally. That's two in a row for Kevo. Though the chameleon love can feed upon the air. I'm going to go T-Swift on that one, I think. Yeah, I think I got to go. I think I got to go Taylor. You're both. Incorrect. Okay. Yeah, that was Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> That's Billy. Good old Billy. Billiam. 
Billum's Billum Shagaspire. And I'll stay, forgetting any other home but this. This is T Swift. This is Taylor. This is Gubby. You're probably right, but I'm gonna go Shakespeare on that. Are those your final answers? Yeah. Yeah. No. Nate, you're correct. Hey! It is Shakespeare from Shakespeare. Thus far, I believe the two points two. are not high. Yeah, <laughs> I got, two, I got, to I got, two. two to two. <laughs> two to two. Okay. And the old widow goes to the stone every day. But I don't. I just sit here and wait, grieving for the living. That's Shakespeare. It's gotta be. I, I think Shakespeare too, but like Taylor Swift's really throwing me for a loop here. I, yeah, I'm gonna go Shakespeare. Incorrect. Yep, see, I knew it. I knew I was... It is Tay Swift from the album Evermore or For War. I don't know. It's one of those two. This, these fucking albums. I, the name I, of the, like, the same of the song is Ivy. So what has been learned here, and this is something I learned recently, is that while I am not a fan of T-Swift, Evermore and Folklore are actually, like, really good. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's really good. I mean, she's yes. got some really deep writing in there. Yes. And, shit. and yes, the Chronicle of Wasted Time. Go say T Swift. I'm gonna go Taylor. Uh, I'm gonna go Shakespeare. Are those your final answer? Yeah, I'm gonna lock no. it in. Nate, you're correct. Hey, look at you go, buddy. It's from Sonic you know 106. We add in phone a friend. Phone a friend. We'll just call Jack. <laughs> <laughs> they call the girls upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> we each get a lifeline. Yep. <laughs> time. Mystical time. Love. Whoa, love. <laughs> no, it's time, mystical time. I think time, it's Shakespeare. Mystical time. I think, it's, I think that's uh, our boy Billy, Billy S. And it does sound Billy esque, but I mean, it all sounds Taylor Swift esque. <laughs> you know, like. I'm, lock, I'm locking in Shakespeare. I, I, I think I'm going to have to lock it in on Shakespeare too for that one. Incorrect. Yeah. All right. Sick. <laughs> T Swift from okay. Invisible Strong. Okay, I think I think I notice a theme here. I think this just shows that I know neither Taylor Swift or classical or William Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't I know think. much about Billy. This should be taken as a reminder that Shakespeare did write in modern English. All right, what's our score at here? Uh, four, six, six. Okay, okay. Can the gap be bridged? Yeah. Hold on, my wife is <laughs> calling. It's tie at best. <laughs> One second, I must answer the call. Hello there, wife. Hi, can you help me set up the switch um, in a few minutes? Yes, what do you wish to play? We want to play Mario Party. You want to play Mario Party. That is acceptable. May we finish our game of Shakespeare R.T. Swift? You are on mic, by the way, my love. Oh, can you hear them screaming at each other? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're playing the round where it's the two food trucks and you have to jump across the road. Oh, that one sucks. Yes, overcooked. Quite the calamity. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for that. So, (laughs) nice little interlude. I do do believe believe her, though I know she lies. I'm going to go Taylor Swift. I am as well. Incorrect. 
All right. Well, I've lost. That's his <laughs> Shakespeare. Point, yeah. I've lost. Sonnet yeah. 138. And this one just just for just the lows. funsies. Just for funsies. Just for the lows. How many, how many points are you down? Uh, I'm at four points. Okay. Well, let's put two points on this. Actually, let's put three because okay. then obviously you'll win if you get it right. I'll, yeah. I'll win either way if, All right. if I get it right. If, yeah. <laughs> Brought forth an incandescent glow, tarnished but so grand. Uh, Taylor. I'm going to go Taylor. I really want to go beans. Shakespeare here, but this is for all the beans. So if I just go Taylor Swift and he's right, I win. Uh, but yeah, no, make it interesting. I'm going to go Shakespeare. The answer? <gasps> Taylor Swift. There you go, Biggs. You're the winner. Biggs, you Damn. have claimed the championship. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Shout, Shout out to T-Swift. I've also noticed that literally all of those are from those two albums. Yeah, well, I That's think those funny. are the only two that could really compare. Like, it, it, like just the themes that, that Shakespeare, you know, talked about that mm-hmm. wouldn't really make sense with a lot of her other albums. I don't yes, think yes, so. We are never, ever, ever getting back to- together. <laughs> you know, because now we've got- She wears short shorts. I, I wear, wear t-shirts. Sneakers. She's cheer captain. And I'm, I'm in the bleachers. And I'm getting butt fucked. <laughs> Shake it off. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. 22. Sometimes I feel like everyone else is a sexy baby, and I'm the and monster, I'm on, the monster on, the on the hill. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Fuck off. Yeah, Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Out. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's kind of up there with right, the Legend so of Zelda. Things yeah. that are not like I guess like, like a the given. first party games. We'll say that uh, the remake of Resident Evil One. Oh yeah, dude. Still the best Resident. I forgot Evil about game. that. Oh, I totally forgot about. It. I don't know how. I forgot well, that's about because that. we've played it on every system. Like, that's true. It's <laughs> so, literally yeah, every yeah. system yeah. has been made. I've, I've owned Same it. Same with every Resident system. Evil Four. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Same with Resident Evil Four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've owned it on every system since it came out. But even VR headsets. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> Remake, remake, hands down. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, definitely is the best game on the GameCube that mm-hmm. I've played. I love how uh, Resident Evil 4, there's base Resident Evil 4, the HD Resident Evil 4, the HD VR Resident Evil 4. Don't forget the Wii version. The, yeah, the Wii version, Wii version kicked ass. The, uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 remake and the Resident Evil 4 remake VR version. I remember getting remake and going over to Nate's house oh, and the, like that was that was a time in our life yeah. let me tell you it was and a challenge. great game it was yeah so it's we would hard, keep restarting and you know then going through and be like okay so then this happens we know not to fight this this or this you know to get Run around this guy this don't waste your ammo here right. and also Roger was like ah, we, I don't want to play as Jill so she's the easier character of the two for one Is she? and then Yo, oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! yeah. She gets more game. inventory space and a oh, fucking grenade yeah. launcher. And Barry and, helps yeah. you out. Of oh yeah, yeah! And she has a lockpick. It's which been is it's been a while since I played it. Yeah, and the original um, Chris's Chris's the tougher. And I think way. you find less ammo in Chris's uh, side of it too. But he also wanted to play it, so the difficulties are really cool for that game. It wasn't like easy, normal, and hard. What yeah. Was, Hard was like uh, what mountain climbing or something. Yeah. Like that? So there was there was um, there was like uh, hiking. And mountain climbing, and then when you beat it, there was another one. Yeah. And if you buy it now, and like the re reissues of it, uh, it includes HD all the difficulties yeah. from the start. So yeah, he he wanted to do the harder difficulty, yeah. uh-huh. which find less ammo. So yeah, we ended up just essentially we'd go in, start the game, 
get to a certain point, be like, oh, we're out of ammo, but we know where all the ammo spawns. Restart. Restart. Yeah. Restart. And we yeah. just don't you only it. also get a certain amount of saves too? No. Yes. Uh, ink ribbons. Ink ribbons. You got to well, pick up yeah, ink ribbons yeah, yeah. to save. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that never really is like. That's really not an issue though. though. I, I think because you know you have a finite amount of saves, you kind of make that acceptance. Like, yeah. okay, I'm playing. There's a risk to the things I'm doing. Yeah. But I, I never hit a point where it was like, oh dang. I only got two ink ribbons left, and you know. Isn't the remake uh, harder than the original two? I don't know about that. You mean on the PlayStation? Our Sega Saturn? So I feel uh, like the PlayStation version was probably harder. Well, I think, I think it, probably controls, have more it controls worse, and it's probably a bit Oh, I, it still has, I thought the they made, tank controls. Yeah, yeah, I thought they made things a little more difficult in the remake, though. They may um, With, like, they enemy made AI the, uh, and stuff like that. Well, no, because it's um, um enemies... Or, uh, no, crimson enemies heads. don't... Uh, yeah, crimson heads. Mm -hmm. Hunters are crimson worse. heads aren't they don't that, despawn they well come crimson back. heads aren't in the original they made them for the remake yeah so that's what i was thinking yeah about. in yeah. the original game if you killed an enemy you know yeah you wasted your ammo but it's dead in the remake if you kill it and it doesn't it, it wasn't a headshot, headshot or you yeah. don't burn it yes and it's gonna come back at an undisclosed amount of time as a crimson head which means it can now run do a lot more damage yeah. and yeah and when we first figured that out too it's like oh shit yep. <laughs> yeah so we, we we just found our way around most yeah. like the rooms that we needed to be in the most we would kill the less zombies yeah because oh, like yeah, yeah. there was no point you know they're easy to get around versus going through the process of trying yeah. to burn them all like, right it wasn't worth it, so yeah, uh, we would just right. leave them. And then the hunter yeah. comes and gets the one-hit KO on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there's three hours gone. Yeah. <laughs> there's a um, there's a guy on YouTube. Uh, I've I've used to watch him a lot when I was younger. His name's Uber Hacker Nova. Um, he has uh, he put up a video. It was Resident Evil remake randomized, Ooh. where it was like everything was randomized That'd like fun, item though. pickups enemy spawns uh i think the map was random that would be so fun it oh, was yeah, really so cool like, you don't but have the funny. layout memorized shit but it was funny because uh because you know lisa lisa trevor in the game unkillable enemy it, was, it spawned like three of them oh. in places he needed to go through like all the time it was so funny or it was in rooms where he had no room to like move. get around yeah right, yeah, yeah. yeah it was right. she's, so she's very funny. easy to maneuver around she is yeah, yeah. yeah. She's more there for the when you're first playing the game and then you go to the cabin and she appears. She's a beginner like, trap. Fuck yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah she's just kind of like the, uh, uh, an additional horror element, really. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's me, Kevo. Bigs. The, uh, both of those guys. <laughs> so today I've got uh, my top five video games of all time. Uh, this isn't really any particular order. Uh, these are just like the five games that I think have really shaped my sense of enjoyment in video games. What I like to play. Stuff like that. Yeah. Number five. Hades, which I love Hades. Great fucking game. Uh, if you haven't played it, it's a roguelite game, so that means whenever you die, you get to start over with all new abilities, all new stuff, um, but each playthrough, and it's a game where you're meant to die and play over and over, 
And each time you do a new run, you're just a little bit stronger, you're a little bit smarter, a little bit better. And it's just a really fucking good game. The the voice acting is great, the art's great, the gameplay's fun as hell. Uh, it's fun as Hades, I should say. Hey. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on sale constantly. It's on everything at this point, so... The second game comes out sometime soon-ish, maybe. No, 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 number four. So this is a game from my childhood. Uh, one of the first games I ever played. It is Mega Man Battle Network 3, specifically white version. Because uh, that was the one I picked up at Circuit City back when that still existed. <laughs> but uh, the Mega Man Battle Network games are really cool. Uh, they're different from other Mega Man games because they're not platformer shooters. It's a very weird genre. There's not a lot of games like it. It's an RPG of sorts. You have the overworld you run around on, you get into random encounters, and you have a three by three grid that you can move Mega Man across. Uh, and every so often you can send him battle chips, which are all the different attacks that you get in the game. Um, and you're able to like string a bunch of battle chips together. It's really satisfying taking out a whole group of enemies real fast with some strong attacks it's a fun game it's charming it's silly it's really horribly translated sometimes especially the first couple of games but uh the third one's a lot of fun and and really made me realize like how a video game can tell a story weirdly enough even though it's a game made for kids it it, it was fun it was really really good and uh you can get the Mega Man battle network legacy collection on i think that's also on everything like playstation xbox switch pc it's it's like 40 bucks for 10 games all great all so much fun now time for number three i put down final fantasy 14. Now, this was this is a hard one, because I love the Final Fantasy games. Any of them could have been up here realistically, but I went with 14 specifically because it's the first like MMO that I really played. It, it kind of encapsulated something that I haven't felt from a video game for a long time, which was just pure unbridled joy. The first time I ran through um, a dungeon, there was this moment, and I jumped into it, I hadn't done the boss before. I get matched up with this group. It was seven other people that were all playing together. I somehow managed to fill in a gap for somebody that had dropped out. So I go into the chat and like, hey guys, first time doing this. And everybody just said, uh-oh, good luck. And we beat it first try and it was awesome. I only died twice and uh, it was just a really fun time. Everybody at the end was like, you did great, gave me player recommendations. It was just a, a very nice like moment of community. What more can you ask for? Just a nice wholesome moment. Number two. Now this is the most recent game I've got on my list. Uh, may, might be dating this a little bit, but it's uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. The eighth mainline game in the Yakuza series. A couple years ago, they changed the name to match the Japanese name, which is Like a Dragon. So yeah, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, same series. Infinite Wealth's the eighth game. Phenomenal. Uh, it, it's just, <laughs> it, it just takes the two main characters from the series and, and matches them up perfectly where they just have so much chemistry together and it's just a joy to play through. And the, the more knowledgeable you are about the series, the better the game is. 
but even if you're not, you can still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. The, the, the Yakuza games are on sale constantly, so you can wait for a sale and be able to pick it up, I'm sure. Great game, great RPG, Baby Cry, 10 out of 10. Number one. Crash Team Racing. <laughs> this is a game, another game from my childhood. Uh, actually, the first game I ever played. So it, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I know a lot of people who have played Crash Team Racing before Mario Kart. I'm the opposite. I hate Mario Kart. Well, hate's a strong word. I just don't like playing it. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just pick up a controller and I start playing it. I'm like, I'm not having fun. I don't know what is about the game. Um, but I, with Crash Team Racing, is just the complete opposite. I pick up that game. I feel like I'm back in my childhood living room in 2000 you know just curled up in front of the screen on a cold winter day playing one of my favorite racing games of all time it's just a great game and it was recently remastered or not not even remastered just completely remade uh, a couple years ago by Vinox um, and that's on everything too you can pick it up there. there's a lot of characters to play as a lot of like customization with the carts and stuff fun side modes in the game a lot of like battle modes time trials uh special missions stuff like that so yeah it's just it's just a very fun video game that's yeah. a good one that's you a know it's good a one. better game no no it's not you know it's a very <laughs> mediocre game that i just love Spartan Total Warrior? I would say that's better than mediocre. I'd give Spartan Total Warrior a solid 7.5 out of 10. A oh, very mediocre game, game that I have very strong nostalgic attachment to, and I will argue to the end of time that its world is cool. Quest 64. Ah, uh, yes. Quest 64. Listen, it, it's it's okay, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. It's it's just aged poorly. I've never I played think. it, so I can't yeah. really say anything. It's just got some kind of weird mechanics for the. Uh, oh yeah, the no, magic I've, I've watched a lot of it. So Quest sixty four. Something else. Your name is Brian. That's right, and it's you are a sorcerer's apprentice in the mystical land of Elfland. Yes, and your father, who was like the high sorcerer or priest or titty fucker or something, he went missing. So your the game starts. And it's like, hey, go find him. But I like when we talked about Final Fantasy 2 and another cantrip where it's all these really good ideas that kind of weren't implemented the best way. I, I kind of feel that way about Quest 64. So you're on the map, random battles happen, and it's turn-based, but you move in a 3D realm. So like when it's your turn, you can move based on your stats to a certain area the enemy can. Yeah. And your spells are all based around the four elements. Mm -hmm. So when you find um, spell totems hidden in the world, you choose which element to level up. So if, like you unlock new spells for that element based on how much you put into it. So like if you put a bunch of water in, you get spells like water pillar or you know like uh, ice spells or healing spells. Or if you do fire, it's all offense. And it's like I think that was cool. The problem, I think, with Quest 64 is it never goes beyond where it begins. Go find your dad, and by the end... You're like the most powerful wizard in Elfland, and you found your dad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really have much of a story. Right, um, yeah. 
But, uh, oh, I, I just played a game recently that does a similar thing with, like, turn-based beast stuff and area you can move around. And that, I was talking about it earlier, is, uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Love that game. If you, uh, if you haven't played any of the Yakuza games, uh, check them out. Amazing games. The seventh and eighth game in the series turns into, uh, turn-based RPGs. Uh, because the main character, Ichiban Kasuga, is schizophrenic. Nice. Uh, not actually, but... Mental um, illness. Yeah. In Hell the eighth yeah. game. Nice. Yeah, it's a great game. If you, uh, if you want a new RPG to sink your teeth into, it's a good one. Sink those twofers in really get there. Get the in there. <laughs> I'm talking about my five favorite games, and I gotta tell you, this, uh... This was tough, uh, so I put some extra rules. One, I, I was trying to avoid series in general, because then otherwise it's just gonna be too many to choose from, so with one exception, none of these games are from a continued long-running series. Couple honorable mentions, Landstalker Sega Genesis, whew, is it great? Resident Evil remake on the GameCube and literally every fucking system after that, whew, is it great? the entirety of the Ultima series. I'm so sad it's gone. And a an obscure pick, Bandit Kings of Ancient China, a strategy game on the original Nintendo. 10 out of 10. It barely didn't make it on this list. Number 5 is the most recent game on here. In fact, I was just looking. It's the only game on here that within the last 25 years amazing gothicness darkest dungeon i have sunk so many hours in this game i love the second one as well everything about it between the combat the road light aspects the the lovecraftian imagery and backing the music it it just it ticked all the boxes that i look for and it came out in a time when i was very like disillusioned, I guess, with pretty much all the games that were coming out. Love it to death. 10 out of 10, Darkest Dungeon. Just talking about it makes me want to go play it yet again. And now it is number four, or as they say in my my land is Metrushka. One that I have mentioned already, and that is uh, Ogre Battle 64. So, Ogre, even though it is part of a series, considering the last actual ogre battle game to be released on a console here in the u.s was this one it it, it doesn't register in my head so a little background on this game there's really no game series like ogre battle the closest might be some fire emblem aspects but it was its own unique thing so it combined real-time strategy with you know tactical sort of combat with this cool thing with all the classes and decisions you make on who you can get and just a very long and sweeping story and i i got this on the n64 and i'm still amazed even today how much variety and variance they managed to fit into this cartridge because it's a long ass game long long ass game and literally every chapter of the game you make numerous choices and they determine the path the game goes so there's a whole bunch of different stories for it in addition there's a lot of elements kind of behind the scenes that the game just flat out doesn't tell you about so if you've been you know capturing towns with your units and not paying attention what you think you're doing is a good thing might not be a good thing i know that because the first time i beat it i got the worst 
fucking ending that you only get if you go out of your way to be way more powerful than everything. And I love that. Number three. Okay. I I was between two games for this one because I, I gotta put Zelda on here. I can't not put Zelda on here. And as somebody who loves all the Zeldas all the time, it's between Ocarina of Time and another one. In this instance, I went with the other one. I had to go with A Link to the Past. So I have a very strong nostalgic connection with both, but A Link to the Past is the first game that, you know, I I played it a little bit with Dad, and then he let me make my own save file on it, and I'm like, I don't know, four or something. And it's the first game I remember, like, really getting into. It dominated my thoughts and my young brain. It's all I wanted to do, and I beat it. So it's like the first one I sat down and did on my own and I still think that its design choices to this day are like so groundbreaking for the time it's non-linear you can do things out of order and it's just when I when I think of Zelda those are the two games I think of that and Ocarina of Time but when I think of video games in general and what I love I, I gotta give it to Link to the Past that's my number three and my number two this is a Super Nintendo action RPG that in terms of storytelling might be my favorite game. Uh, for when it came out, I don't think there was anything like it. This game might have single-handedly, probably not, but in my mind kind of single-handedly introduced the idea of a story in a video game that just goes beyond and enters like existential territory. And this is Illusion of Gaia. Amazing game, phenomenal soundtrack. I credit it with me getting into history when I was really young because all of the places you go and the dungeons are real world locations and part of what I love about Final Fantasy X I get from this game as well you've got a cast of characters who are you know all friends and they undertake this journey together and over the course of that some of them die in horrible ways one of them gets sold into slavery it, 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 it's surprisingly dark for a 16-bit game but at the end the whole thing is you know an existential crisis over the nature of time and humanity's interaction with the earth and just oh i love it i replay it at least once a year and number one I feel like you two over there know what I'm about to say. At least Nate definitely does. It can't be anything else. Big Z Boy even got me the guidebook for it uh, as his little uh, his little Mikolaus gift. It's the one, the only secret of Evermore. Not to be confused with Secret of Mana. I could go on and on about this game from its magic system that was very unique to the time to its soundtrack which was one of the first fully orchestrated soundtracks in a video game done by Mr. Jeremy Soule who would later go on to do the Elder Scrolls games and a whole bunch of stuff he recorded it on a keyboard in his bathroom the atmosphere of this game is something that I really really dig so the the basic idea being that the land of Evermore is split between four separate areas and each of those areas is basically built around a different time period. 
So when you're in the prehistoric area, there's really not many music tracks. It's all environmental sounds and like ominous background noise. And that always appealed to me as a kid. I liked that this was a game that put the, the world it took place in above the story of the game almost and it worked out really well i think real shame that it's uh, the only squaresoft usa developed game and it wasn't very popular it was well liked but everyone expected it to be like a continuation of secret of mana and it was very much its own sort of thing i will die on this hill that there is not one aspect of that game that is not superior to Secret of Mana. I'm sorry, Evermore takes it. Oh, yep, that, yeah, yeah, I see the eyebrows, yes. I, uh, it's a bold claim, and I will stand by it. Playing one of them, playing Secret of Mana is like picking up a, you know, a slice of bologna and sniffing it. It's familiar. It's, it's the basis of many a sandwich. Playing Secret of Evermore is like grabbing yourself a nice slice of you know, oven-roasted turkey breast, and while it might not always be what you go for, let me tell you, it's gonna get the job done in a much better way. You can, can, can watch your play Secret of Evermore? Alright, alright, we've been avoiding the topic enough, um, and I think it's time we talk about the gem of the Final Fantasy series, in my opinion. We're talking Puberty. about the, uh, uh, the yeah. giant uh, uh, devil whale it's in the room. It's time for Titus to find the clit. Yes. Which is oh, my, my way of saying Final Fantasy X. Did you say you thought it was Titus? Is it Titus or is it Titus? Get the f*** out. <laughs> I reject that canon. See, it I think it's Titus because he has like that whole like ocean theme to him. Yeah. I think it's Titus because I understand the be like vernacular of the English language. Yeah, I mean, he is technically <laughs> a professor, so it's true. It's true. <laughs> Final Fantasy X. I'm, I'm, mm, I'm, I'm tweaking the nips just, oh. just thinking about. Oh, it. he just is. From start to finish, when it, when it just opens up with what is that? Burn in the other world. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Burn yeah. It open burn. opens yeah, up yeah. with just one of the best video game songs i have ever heard <laughs> yeah it immediately yeah. just just sets you in and holy the, shit it's go time and as the jump into the uh the blitz ball arena yep. yeah and, yeah, and yeah, we we have used that song in so many boss fights in our dungeons <laughs> yeah. and dragons campaigns it's, it's, it's perfect because it's it is song, perfect. Yeah. i've used it as a dm it's i yeah. listen to it all the time in my car like it it's fantastic the best part is mm-hmm. the guy singing on it his name is bill yeah, a, <laughs> yeah. good job bill bill, good bill job, muir bill. Bill Muir, oh uh, Muir or Muir or however. Okay, okay. M U H R, probably Murr. Probably, yeah, Bill probably. Murr. I remember when <laughs> I first played that. It was the demo for it before the game came out because I didn't have a, a PS2 at that time. Uh-huh. Uh, but my cousins did, and he had the demo. And in the demo, there were two sections. You did the intro section, and it ended when you when Aron kind of takes you through the thing. And then there was... Like, this is your story. Now. Yeah. That's so good writing. Yeah. I'm glad you, I was thinking it. <laughs> yep. yeah. And then the so other I, 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 part I, I, I you could do in the that. demo was the... Um, the Kamari fight, and you got to do oh, yeah. like part of Besaid and experiment a little with the things. But uh, that, so that was my first exposure to it. But that demo had that opening cutscene. Yeah. So in like 2001, the graphics oh for God. that oh, were so game. like it I, was light years beyond like uh, anything else yeah. on the market. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it was only a cutscene, but wow. No. Even the rest yeah. of the game. 
Oh yeah. Even oh, the yeah. base game itself. Yeah. My introduction to Final Fantasy was actually through Kingdom Hearts. And my introduction to Kingdom Hearts was I, I knew the game existed. I didn't really care about it too much because at that time, uh, I think I would have been playing like Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, also great games. Yeah, yeah. Also and, share voice actor. Yes. yes <laughs> James Arnold James Taylor. James Arnold Taylor. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was over at uh, a friend's house. Well, actually, one of my sister's friends and her younger brother was playing Kingdom Hearts, and it was the uh, the opening fight against um, oh, what's it called? The the giant like shadow, shadow artless thing that uh, spawns from Sora. Um, I can't remember its name right now. It's escaping me. But um, yeah, I saw that fight. I was like, what? That's so cool. And so a couple days later, went out, got uh, my, my, actually my buddy Liam, uh, shout out to Liam. He, I believe he got it for me for my birthday. And uh, while playing it, it's like, oh, what are these Final Fantasy characters? Because I knew of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. before, never played them. But that got me into wanting to play the series. I got Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy X, and another one. I think it may have been Tactics Advance that I got. Mm. But um, yeah, so I played Final Fantasy VII first, uh, and then I played Final Fantasy X. And oh man, it was oh, yeah. it was insane. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. so good. Oh, it's so good. The what, real what? sports story featuring uh, Christian guilt complex. It's <laughs> yeah, beautiful. yeah, literally. But one of one of my favorite things I like to think about <laughs> Final Fantasy X is uh, spoilers. I'm going to put big spoilers here. Damn it, you can't spoil the 23 year old. Yeah. Game. <laughs> yep. Uh, one of the characters that we mentioned, uh, you find out that he's. Not there completely. I'll just He's put it that a way. Tree. And uh, he shows up in Kingdom Hearts 2 as one of the party members you get in one of the worlds. And I like to think that's what happened to him, like canonically <laughs> after yeah. the events of That's his <laughs> retirement. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, there's a part where he you're like fighting the big bad of this world and he's uh, the the big bad's like you're supposed to be working for me. And he just goes, this is my story. And I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that is really good. That is oh, really yeah. Good. One, of, one of my favorite games. Oh, it, it's it's so good. Like, okay, I will admit, like, the the pacing in the beginning is kind of slow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, takes a, it takes a while to ramp up. But, like, oh, my God. I mean, just the character growth of Titus throughout... So when you start mm-hmm. the game and they're, the party itself is already in Xanakin mm-hmm. and he's just narrating and, and, and you're basically going back through this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the game's the a music at the start. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. sitting oh, yeah. by the campfire. The two Xanakin oh. plays and it's yeah. like, ooh, yep. ooh the framing of that. What is, is this melody? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Storytelling like 101 mastered right there. Absolutely. 11 online game. Didn't play it. Yeah. 12, I never want to look at <laughs> I it. Know I know you hate do. 12 so much. I'm a guy pirate, Penelope. <laughs> I'm Captain Ronson. Hello, I'm from Dalmasca. Guy I hate everything about that game, and I know 12 has some very strong like fan base. See, I I learned recently 12 is a beautiful game. I did not know that 12 is a prequel to Tactics. I did not. I did that not know that. Makes sense recently. given all the races and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a prequel to uh, Tactic. I I just you know when I I got twelve and I really really wanted to like it and I beat it and that was one of the first games I remember. Like afterwards, I'm like I feel like I didn't enjoy that experience. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised you beat it because I, I didn't even make it through twelve. See, a I, lot of people a lot of people actually really like twelve. Oh yeah, yeah it's it got a huge, a huge fan, base. fan base. One of ten's strengths, I think, is 
not just the cast of characters, but the the journey that they go on and the weight that they all get in that journey and like how connected to it they all are. Nobody in your group in 10 feels like an afterthought, you know? Yeah. So it it doesn't feel like, look how this wild crew came together. Like once you have the full party, it's like they're all invested and their reasons are good and they're a part of the story, you know? So while you have Titus, this main character kind of serving as a narrator in the framing device, all of your party is you know, impactful to the story yeah. and directly and you're, connected to it. And you're learning about each character as the game goes right. on. So what, that's what do you love so much about 10, Nate? Oh, or not man. Not what do you love, but like, first what thing draws- like coming to mind, what, what, when you, we're getting these warm, fuzzy feelings, thinking about Titus finding the clip, what, what, what really draws <laughs> you in there? Honestly, a lot of the boss fights oh, yeah. in oh, Final yeah. Fantasy X were so good. Uh-huh. Um, and like... I, I don't know. I just maybe it was the first time I was going through. It. I thought the boss fights were like a lot harder than any yeah, of the other games. Yeah, though it is a hard, it's a hard game. Um, yeah, it, it, the first yeah. time through it, yeah. especially if you're under leveled. Yeah, um, right. But do all the fights with Seymour, Seymour as mm-hmm. a character, oh my god, yeah, all the character and wow. enemy design is yep. beautiful. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's just that. <laughs> we, we we keep referencing it. So Nate and I have a joke that you know the the whole thing of this game is that Titus is trying or I scratch that Titus can't find the clit. And Seymour, despite his many cuckeries, does indeed despite know where the clit is. Yeah, he, he knows where the clit is. Yeah, Seymour's so, like his arch nemesis. <laughs> because Seymour has found the clit. Yeah. He sees more clit. <laughs> I mean, he almost got married to, to yeah, a girl. He, yeah, he almost got married to He almost cucked Titus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a little segment we're uh, introducing here, and in the future we can we can run with it, tweak it. You know, it was something that uh, our, our resident Bigsy boy had brought up. But all of us in this show, you know, uh, me, Nate, Biggs, Zach, Andy, we're all we all come from different places in our like relationship with music, whether that's you know informed by playing or our interest with it. And with Nate and Biggs here. I think we have a really unique opportunity in that you guys, when it comes to like rock music specifically, you don't have the same sort of investment that, you know, I would say like Zach and I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not super familiar with like a very broad spectrum of music. I know what I know Mm -hmm. and that's not, much yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) but you like what you like and you know you you like things that you might not even know you like i i i I, it's hard to phrase what i'm saying because i'm not trying to like gatekeep it away i think it's just different let me put it this way i like music i'm not very explorative with music okay i yeah i mean i know a shit ton of music but like if someone were to ask me to name a song that a band you know, like Pearl Jam, they, I can't name a Pearl right. Jam. So, but if I heard it, I could sing every word right, that's right. Like, I don't know. It's just weird how my brain it doesn't remember it until I hear it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so and like, it, it, it's different from like how like if Zach and I are sitting listening to a song, he'll be like picking out the bass part and talking about like, oh wow, like he's doing some great stuff with that, and then or like me with the guitar or even the history of it because of my my various ADHD obsessions throughout my life. What we're gonna do here in this segment is I have some songs for you two to listen to. I'm gonna play them. 
I want you to listen to them. We're going to play them nice and loud, except on the actual show, because copyright is a scary thing. And then I want you to share your thoughts, after which I will give you some information on the song if you liked it. Maybe we could talk about it some more. If you hated it, it'll probably make me sad, but that's okay. All three of these groups are groups that you know. Now, obviously, I cannot play the actual song for fear of copyright, so I've chosen a suitable substitute of ours. The first song the boys are listening to is 1989's Woman in Chains by legendary progressive pop group Tears for Fears. So maybe a little unexpected, a little different than the normal stuff you might uh, jab along to here in the basement. Any guesses right away? Uh, yeah, so I put down uh, The Police. I don't think that's right, but that was my first thought, and that's the best one I got. That is not correct. Yeah. Okay. I only have one guess, and I know it's not right. So. You're, you're thinking in, in the right area. Okay, okay. What's your guess, Nate? You too. Ooh, also a good guess. Came from the same sort of movement, but not quite. I did not like that song at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep, no, not a vibe for me. It was boring. Okay. Um, and actually... Kind of hard to listen to. I was waiting for that to be over. Okay. <laughs> so I was having along with it. Um, do you want me... I can just read off what I wrote sure. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, the beginning of it reminded me of like a... Um, like an 80s like gang like coming in like walking down a dark like smoky alley going to meet another rival gang they're about to fight and then the vocals kicked in and I was like oh no this is not it. Uh, so then uh, then becomes a sick love ballad and uh, it feels like I should be introspectively smoking a cigarette while overlooking the city at night thinking yeah. about how to get her back. It was honestly too deep. I also have a pop collar. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that you mentioned the beginning because the one thing that I did write Boo down doop. as soon as that bass line kicked in, I was like, oh, it sounds like Seinfeld. Boo uh, <laughs> you know, well, like <laughs> you know what's funny, Nate, is you and I have joked with this band before when I played other stuff that their singer reminds us of jerry seinfeld like the way what? that he looks no well oh maybe but more the way that he sings okay some of their more well-known and then songs the other thing that kind of hit me right now that i just wrote down um that song i feel like should be on the lost boys soundtrack oh okay oh, what okay, makes you say yeah, that yeah. Uh, just the vibe just yeah, the vibe it, it, it's kind of wispy yeah you know like like it's got a, that slow kind of yeah uh, like, can know. i guess the name of the song yes is it woman in chase woman in chains chains okay i thought a you group who's got okay. numerous number one hits is tears for fears oh yes. i knew yep. i knew i heard him before so outside of you know shout and everybody wants to rule the world and mad world oh, and dude. um i knew i knew the the, the vocals yeah uh, i knew yep. it i just yeah yep <laughs> that is uh no, I, I don't want to say later because they never really broke up but tears for fears it's two guys that is from 1989 and both of the both of them before founding this band in the late 70s were very much into like newer ideas of like psychology and psychotherapy yeah. and all of their all of their writings 
tend to stem from like that deep insightful type yeah. of place. And that was their last major radio hit because after that, they kind of stopped. They had made a bunch of money. I do believe Roland Orzabal got into teaching or something. Uh. Um, so now they'll get together, go out and like appear at a festival and very successful career. And that was kind of the capstone of it. 1989's Woman in Chains from Sowing the Seeds of Loves. Uh. And Nate, you had said it made you think of like a kid flying a kite. The album cover I'm going to show you here in a sec oddly matches that. Oh, interesting. So, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. Funnily enough, you said it's <laughs> a like pipe. a love song. If you if you listen to the words, it's it's actually commenting a lot on how women are kind of shackled in whatever they do in life. Uh, woman in chains. Okay. But okay. yeah, no, okay. just very. You know, I, yeah, I figured yeah, yeah, start yeah. off with something a little out of the norm. Probably not uh, what either of you guys were expecting. No. All, all in all, Biggs, did you enjoy the song? Yeah, I like the song. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. I like Tears for Fears. Heck so, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. So I damn agree. good. Now, <laughs> this next tune is another little bit of a swerve. You might have an easier time guessing it. I'm really curious to feel your thoughts on the matter. The next song for the boys is the wad-drenched, moody, and riftastic 1992 Alice in Chains song, Rain When I Die, off their album, Dirt, one of the few albums I firmly believe is a perfect album. Jerry Cantrell is one of my favorite guitar players, and I cannot wait to hear or see the reaction from the fellas. So, a little bit of a shift in there. I saw uh, all of us stank facing at some point. It's that sort of song. I, for me, that's a, a vibey-ass that was, groove. That was a banger. That was good. I'll good. let you go first. Yeah, yeah Biggs. All right, give me your guess first. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I put down Motley Crue. <laughs> oh, I don't oh know. Heart. Okay, my yeah, that, that one hurts me. Either. I don't oh, know. But okay. Man. Hey, I mean, that, hey, that's okay. It's an honest effort. That's okay, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. pulled out a name. I have That's what I did idea. with you, too. So, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I well, but, it is uh, not Motley Crue. Yeah, I, I know that. I <laughs> Uh, my other guess was I, I don't know. I just wrote down the doors. I don't know. Ooh, Have you ever heard the doors? No. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's apparent. <Okay>. Very, <laughs> yeah. very, yeah, very. That's that's why that's... I crossed that one out because I was like, no, I don't think the doors does this kind of music. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that would be hilarious. You're you're almost thirty years off, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, me, what were your thoughts? Yeah. So so I put down uh feels climactic in a way, almost Ooh. like a final decision has been made. Uh, makes me want to gather the boys and slowly walk down the street in a big imposing group. Yeah. Uh, I may not survive this this decision. I am wearing sunglasses at night. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. One one question: What color did the song bring to your mind? Maybe that's just a me thing. I always hear and think in terms of color. Uh, like uh, a leathery black. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like, kind of like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Like, I pointed to Roger's jacket. By the way, <laughs> what color? I never really that, tried that, to associate. That's always that's interesting because the previous one not... was like like a beige, red yeah. beige. Okay. Kind of like okay. a very not quite hmm. pink, but like right, almost. I don't know why, but if I had to say to that song, I'd picture like a sunset type s okay. color. You know, like yeah. that orangish sunburnt orange color yeah. for the yellow. one we just listened yeah, to yeah okay i don't okay. know why but okay yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so uh i mean the first thing that i wrote down was grungy yeah um, yeah. yeah very grungy and because of that it started off I, I i had three bands immediately in mind um and it wasn't chris cornell no so i'm gonna have to go alice in chains <laughs> yes it was, yeah. alice, alice, in alice in chains okay you know it's funny because yep. because if you think a man in the box that and, came yep. across my mind so <laughs> It's funny you you said like orangish because yes that is uh rain when i die from the album dirt released in 1992 and that album's artwork is that that desert hue orange brown That's weird i've, I've, yeah, I've somehow yeah. guessed two of the similar album covers with this the <laughs> yeah, kid yeah. flying a kite and then that color okay Dirt uh, is an album full of bangers start to it, it's one of the few that fits my like perfect album award where like i can put it on and i won't skip any tracks because they're all just perfect but what are your, give me your thoughts i like, i literally only wrote down grungy right um, but yeah that <laughs> nice. song had some meat yeah uh um, that stank face like like you could tell that like my reaction from that song to the first one like i was i was actually grooving oh, like yeah. Yeah, that yeah. song made me have a reaction yeah you didn't vibe with the first one the, no. the first one did not so that, I, that's I, really all that's i looked over and yeah yeah you were you were stank <laughs> rocking with it's uh i mean that's that's like my type of music i yeah. i'm i'm a classic rock kind of hard rock grunge like yeah. that, that's my uh-huh. median you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. i uh, i i simp so hard for jerry cantrell right behind nate yeah. is one of his signature guitars that i have that's a he's a master and oh. using the wah-wah pedal and it's just, insane mm, amazing i'm glad you enjoyed it okay yeah. for the next one here we're having yet another shift now i think that this might be the hardest okay. name to guess however i think it's the most likely for you guys to both say oh i kn- i know this song or i've heard this um, before blurry face by 21 pilots listen i don't care what you think (laughs) our last song for the lovely lads here is 1971's i'd love to change the world but i don't know what to do by 10 years after fantastic british blues rock group alvin lee is an unsung guitar player from that generation most famously the song is associated with vietnam with the individual bemoaning that he'd love to change things but he doesn't know how he would You're gonna have to give me a minute to get this right, here. First on this one, so I, I still don't have a. So on, I, like, I got some imagery for that one actually. Yeah, on on that song, very specific, you know, place and time. It's uh, a a little bit. I I I don't think I'm spoiling here that that's a little bit older than yeah. the other two we listened to. Very, but much. Uh, it, it's it's a classic, well known song, usually associated with one specific thing. So, so is that like early '80s, late '70s, earlier? Earlier, earlier, earlier. Uh, yes. So that's why I think you're going to be like, "Wow, really?" Uh, 
Take it away, uh, Nate. So, okay, so the first thing that, that I noticed all of us, with maybe the exception of you, because you were kind of playing the guitar, but Biggs and I were both vigorously tapping our feet. Oh, yeah. Um, I and, still am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that song was honestly kind of a harder rock song, mm-hmm. uh, I will say, for the, for the, for the listeners. Um, and there's only one band that I know that can play like that, that makes me tap my feet like that. Um, and you mentioned your dad. <laughs> so I'm going to assume it was the Beatles. It was not. Dang. No. See, I was thinking that, but then I was like, no, that, that's that not really any of the Beatles. That really did sound like John Lennon, like you, halfway through that You song. are, you're, you're not off in the time period. Yeah, because I was, I was thinking the Beatles too, and I was like, no, that's not quite, that's not quite any of their voices. Ah, it sounded like John, but yeah, yeah, yeah so. like I said, there was a chance but, yeah. I could be wrong here. Because okay. I was, I, that's what I was thinking um, too. But um, yeah, it also made me feel like I was riding a horse through a dust bowl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. Any other guesses on the art? Uh, if, if it's not the Beatles, I mean, no, I really don't have any. Um, okay. I, I will give a hint, uh, whether it helps you or not, is this group did play at Woodstock in 69. Led is, Zeppelin, maybe? Is this Jimi Hendrix? No, definitely no, not Jimi Hendrix. No to both. However, Led Zeppelin's m- much closer than the Beatles, uh, specifically for the drumming. But hey, hey. Mm. So my thoughts, uh, very short ones this time. I put uh, heavy Wild West rock vibes. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we both think we were on a horse. Yeah, because, <laughs> because of the, the twang of the <laughs> car. Yeah. Um, I put down uh, Walter White is cooking meth in a montage. <laughs> I am Heisenberg. <laughs> I, what are we saying thing i am halter what i am walter white wart heart heart walt harter harter well my name is that, walter hartwell right the name of that song is i'd love to change the world and it is by classic british hard rock blues group 10 years after i've never heard of 10 yeah, years no, after no well the members of 10 years after would go on to do heard that song numerous other things that song was their biggest hit over here it is considered uh by many myself included just through dad's experiences to be uh, a vietnam era anthem you know uh, b- bemoaning the state of the world and wishing for change but also saying that i i don't know what so to do. wait re- real quick so you said they they perform performed this at woodstock not this song this okay. song came but out they performed in, at woodstock yeah, the band played yes woodstock. they played and, at woodstock they were mostly known uh as like an alternative to cream which was eric clapton's yeah, band Clapton. at the okay. time uh however they were a little bit heavier and that sound wouldn't really take off until the 70s. So about they were 10 one of the years ones. after. Yeah, about 10 years <laughs> after. Yeah. They were one of the ones that they got much bigger after some of their stuff was out. But this song okay. is from 1971's A Place in Time. Okay. And, uh, the second I hear it, I met, I, I picture Vietnam. Honestly, I, I think. Is that why they're burning? <laughs> I did not picture oh. Vietnam at all. Hey, I, 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 I get it. Forest. I get it. Though. I can get it now that you mentioned it, but that's not, that would yeah. not have been my first uh, impression. Cause I kind of get like the, the fortunate son kind of yeah. yeah. same, same two. It's and, like tempo almost. Same tempo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's featured in Forrest Gump very briefly when they're uh. Uh, walking through the Vietnam countryside and the rain, like all the different types of rain. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The big um, rain. Exactly. Big old rain. fat rain. But yeah, no, I always, uh, I, I, I love that group in general, but that song, uh, the lyrics of it, if you ever listen to it again, I, I really enjoy because the that whole, was a good song. 
It's a relatable one in that uh, he goes through and he names a number of things that are seen by society as problems or seen by him as problems. But then he bemoans mm-hmm. at the end of each of those, I'd love to change the world, but I don't know what to do. Yep. And I think that's great. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> that was a good song. That was yeah, a really good song. I, I really like that one. Look at that. So the first one was the worst. Second one was the best. Third one was the second best. Oh, okay. Okay. Where, 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 where's your take on that there, Biggs? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I can't really rank songs yeah. like that. Um, I like them all for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, I like songs that I can just kind of like vibe along to, not really have to, uh, you know, struggle to listen through. And I, I, I liked all three of these. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite, I probably would have picked uh, the Alice in Chains song that was that one was real good oh, that's probably um, a banger. 